Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today I have with me Maritza Barone, who is not even in Australia today. Where are you, Maritza? No, I've taken off and I've landed in Fiji in a tropical island. (laughs) So you are like a pre-Melbourne. I am currently sitting in leggings, socks, a long sleeve, a jumper and an extra jumper because it was 12 degrees this morning. And What's the temperature? The of, of, of summer, right? Yeah, it's like not even March yet. Well, it's very depressing. Hence one of the, <laughs> the reasons why I left Melbourne. It's, um, I don't, you know what, I don't even check the weather because I know it's always going to be hot here. And currently we've yeah, had a lot of We've had a lot of We've also now we're starting to have the the, the blue skies and the sunshine, um, and I think past that sort of cyclone season, which we've sort of almost at the tail end of, it's it's really beautiful. So I'm blessed. Uh, right, today is absolutely perfect. I'm actually sitting in a room with the aircon blaring because <laughs> the heat can get too much sometimes. I'm not used to it. Poor old Melbourneians, hey. Poor old Melbourneians. That's okay. We now we will jump to why you're in Fiji and how that all came about. But let's get stuck in. I'm going to share a little bit with about you with our listeners. So Maritza Barone is a TV presenter, radio host, podcaster, speaker and senior producer whose goal is to elevate people in the world who are, push, um, who are pushing humanity forward through the content she creates and is involved in. In 2019, Maritza co-founded a social enterprise called Conscious Conversations, whose mission it is to shift people to a deeper connection within themselves and the people around them through their events and workshops, all created around the main cornerstones of life. They are well on their way to their goal of sparking 5 million genuine and meaningful conversations over the next five years. Her well-being podcast, Things You Can't Unhear, is listed in the top 50 self-improvement podcasts in Australia, in which Maritza interviews leading health, wellness and thought leaders to discuss well-being topics of our time. She's passionate about sharing personal journeys and her vision to help people awaken to a higher level of thinking and to feed themselves with powerful knowledge that will help make the world a better place. Maritza has a strong background as a wellness and lifestyle presenter and MC. She has interviewed thousands of people through her many years in the media and is a master interviewer and communicator. So pressure's on because I'm now the interviewer and I've got you sitting here. I'm like, well, I, I was reading this before we started and I was like, Oh, goodness me. Talk about pressure. <laughs> oh, the bikes always sound pretty good, don't they? No. Yeah, I, I'm. you're right. We've flipped seats now. We've changed seats and I'm always doing the reading of other people's bios to them and their reaction is always the same. They're like, have I done all that? No, you don't realise what you've done until someone reads it all out to you. Yep. Yep. It's the short, it's, it's the bite-sized version. But I've also had the pleasure of being on stage with you. So it was probably almost this time last year. Um, So March 2020, 
just before we really had to shut things down. I remember having conversations with you and Liz and um, and we were really nervous. So Liz was meant to be with us that day. She had a bit of a sniffle. She didn't really think she should be there. So we kind of had to change how we did things. Um, but I've had the pleasure of of being on stage with you, um, holding an audience of, of young women at that time because um, we were there for International Women's Day. Um, but has... I, I, I've seen you in action. It, it comes so, what seems to come really naturally to you. Has that been something you've always done? Are you the kid that was putting on shows for the, her parents and family members oh and God. always wanted the mic? What's the deal? Look, um, absolutely not is what I would say. I was oh, wow. the really shy kid. Um, deep down, I loved the microphone, yes, I have to say, but I was petrified to pick it up. Um, I sort of grew up a bit scared of everything, to be honest, and I had an older sister who was, who is 17 months older than me and I'd find myself always just hiding behind her. If we're meeting someone new, I'd push her in front and be like, no one look at me, I'm too shy, I don't, you know, no. I don't want anyone. I didn't like a lot of attention and I suppose I didn't trust my own voice. I just didn't want to be seen or given too much focus on. But as I sort of grew up, I knew innately that there was something in me. So I sort of loved the media industry and I was starting to sort of explore it and I decided to sort of go behind the scenes in media so that I could maybe learn the ropes and, and see what, what the world was about and maybe test the waters. But there was this defining moment and I think life is all about little defining moments. Um, and I remember... I think I was 17 years old. I was sitting in my homeroom. It was uh, the end of year 12 and or sort of towards the end of year 12 and our uh, careers counsellor came around and she said she came around to a group of our friends. There were about 10 of us sitting around a table and she said to us, okay, girls, I'm just going to come around and ask you all what your plans are for university, where you'd like to enrol and what you'd like to do out of high school. And in my head I'm like, in my heart, in my whole body, I'm like, oh. I know what I want to do. I want to sit on stage. I want to interview people. I want to be sort of like Oprah Winfrey and draw out these amazing stories mm. and, and host all these programs. And that was what was screaming inside my body. But then the sort of the limiting beliefs were firing up and all I could mm -hmm. hear you can't do that. You can't say that out loud. You're the shy girl. You've never even stood up for one debating circle. You've never <laughs> been like on anything in the public eye. Like who are you to to even tell mm. the teacher that dream. And so she came around and I and I was the last one to actually be asked and all of my friends were like, oh, I want to do HR or I want to be an accountant or I want to get into medicine. or So all those really expected incredible careers that they were so certain they wanted to do. And then she came around to me and instead of saying my big dream, I was like, um, I'd like to enrol in a marketing degree. And... Oh, little Maritza, little I wish Maritza. I could give you a hug and go, just say all the things. And I felt so depleted after I said it. But guess what I did straight after that? Enrolled in a marketing degree. And yep. that's what my life was for the next X amount of years. I did a degree that I hated. I found myself myself in, in jobs that didn't serve me. I was squashing my dream because I was too scared to um, to do anything about it. And one day, I don't know what the, the push point is or the tipping point, but I uh, enrolled in a TV presenting course. I was just like, okay, this is it. I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off, get out of my comfort zone. And it was a six-week course. And um, 
I remember just every day waking up being completely terrified to go into that room and stand in front of that camera. And we'd have to, like, prepare pieces to camera and I would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse, like, over in my head at night. I wouldn't sleep a wink. And I'd get up and I'd, like, perform it robotically in front of the... the, the Yeah, right. Yeah, because that can happen if you practice too much. Yep. Exactly. And because the fear was overwhelming me. But anyway, as I went through that course and I came out the end of it, I was a new person. I'd really, like, pushed through the discomfort and the pain and... You know, public speaking is one of the biggest fears in people's lives, they say. Mm-hmm. And once yep. you, once you actually really try and push through that discomfort with public speaking and share your voice, there's a freedom that comes with it. And I think that goes with anything in life. So I was a bit unstoppable after that. I was just like, okay, now I'm ready. I'm, I, I want to get out there and, and push myself even further. I love that. I love the reality of that story because man I have heard that story so many times like we all like it's hard it's hard being a teenager and knowing what you want to do let alone being brave enough to speak up and being so self-assured and having the right people pick out the stories out of you because sometimes you need someone that has seen it and gone that's really not your thing like it's time but all of that stuff is really tricky Mm. so you, you take this leap of faith, you, you, and you, you know, you push yourself out of your comfort zone. So from that point in time, when you did that course, when did you get your big break? Like, when do you feel like you actually stepped into your industry? Well, the t- next 10 years after that was like the 10 years of hustle. <laughs> this industry is ruthless. There's so many stories I could tell you of disaster zones um, and castings <laughs> that were just gross castings that were the that were unsafe uh, you turn up to these environments and you're just like where am I what have I what situation have I put myself in um, why am I doing this for free I probably worked for years for free because in this industry there's so much it's such a competitive nature that and there's so many people wanting the job that you you'd have to get the experience and the only way to get the experience is to do work for free and so I did that yep. for many 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 years and like I remember one day though I went into a casting and I was in some dodgy suburb that I had been called to go to and it sounded really good they'd written the call out and it sounded really good and I thought oh I'll go mm-hmm. and I turned up parked outside and it was in this really run-down building and I'm thinking, and the lights were off and there were no signs and I'm just like, what's going on here? And I walked in, I put one leg in and one leg out of the door just to see, like, can, should I run or should I hide? Yep. And I opened yep. the door and there was just some man in there with some tiny camera and, like, dust everywhere. And I mm. said, is this the casting that I'd been called to through this platform? And he's like, yep, come on in. And I was like, I'm out of here. So I jumped back in my car, burst into tears. Like that is just one story of, you know, how mm. you'd go to actually pursue a dream. Um, yep. But there, there came a, a series of realisations after that moment and why I wanted to be involved with this industry in the first place. And, and that, I mean, that led to a lot of personal development work that we can talk about. But in terms mm-hmm. of making my big break and going back to your question, there were definitely a series of, um, wins along the way uh, after my experience built up and 
And I did a job hosting uh, a TV series called Get a Life on Foxtel, which was really great. And we worked with an amazing group of people and it was all based around wellness and well-being. So I really thrived in that position and mm. people that I met in that in that journey of producing that show over three seasons was incredible. And then yeah. I, um, I landed a, another gig with a video review platform and that had us flying all around Australia and the world filming short videos for uh, small to medium businesses and, and lifestyle events. So that was Mm-hmm. great fun I got to do some incredible red carpet events like the Logies and the Brown Medal and roadshow movie premieres and um, I was like sort of pinching myself where did this all come about yeah. and um, yeah and I think from there I really began to to build my confidence um, but again there, there was a lot of changes after that that happened within me and mm-hmm. trying to find out why I wanted to do this at all because once you obtain a goal that you've set out to achieve and it doesn't feel like you think it was going to feel then you start Mm -hmm. questioning things again so I'm going to go rogue and and dive into that because I think you've just sparked a really interesting conversation we'll get back to all my questions that you know that I have um that feeling of setting your sights on something and sometimes it's an actual thing. I need to buy the car or I need to go on the holiday or I need that promotion or whatever. In your case, it was a career goal that has served you because the skills that you've picked up, what you've learned about yourself along the way have been incredibly um, important to who you are today. Um, but what was that moment when you realised that when you had hit that point, that milestone, you're there, what was it when you, how how did you identify that you weren't, it wasn't quite right and then how did you identify where to go next? Was there a pivotal moment or well, was I, there I a realisation? I not what this pivotal moment was until you just asked me the question and I remember I have a friend called Karen and we have beautiful, long, deep conversations regularly and she saw me over a series of years just hustling hard. I was working ridiculous hours. I was travelling a lot. My kids were little and it was just, and I would take on any opportunity that would come my way because I was loving what was going on. Anyway, and she said to me, what would make you actually happy? Like what's the point where you say, okay, you landed that job and now you're going to stop hustling? Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't think I know. Because mm. I don't think there is something that is going to make me stop. And, and then it really made me start to think about why I'm hustling so hard anyway. What if, yep. Would a job on getaway or, you know, some travel, international travel program make me truly happy? Probably yep. five minutes. But I felt like I was so much deeper than that and I really went back to that 17-year-old at the start who was, wanting to share people's stories and journeys and and that Oprah-esque, she's got her own mm. sort of new word, doesn't she, that Oprah. She does. Feel. She can make up whatever. We could make so many words out of Oprah because she's incredible. But, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that was, that. I really needed to go back to that moment and go, well, why did you want to, be, you know, head off into this industry in the first place? And I was sitting on set one day and I was watching an interview between um, a friend of mine interview this other lady 
and she'd been through, you know, really challenging times. She had, um, she was a single mum. She had no money. She was sleeping on a friend's couch and she'd come out the other end and she was talking about how much work she'd done on herself and what books she'd read and personal development she'd done. And I'd spent that morning at home like just crazy, crazy mother, like crying, screaming at my kids, telling them to hurry up. Mm-hmm. Like I was stressed out of my brain. Yep. And I, I was just in a crappy mood that day and listening to her, I sat there behind the scenes and tears were just rolling down my face and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I pushing myself so hard? What I need I need more. I need to find out more. I need to go deeper. Mm. Um, so yep. I had a great chat with that woman after they wrapped and she gave me a couple of books to read and that was it. I was on a mission to make change and wow. find purpose and find meaning. And I didn't stop. I read and read and read and read. I went to retreats. I listened to podcasts. I did courses. I I think my family thought I was bananas. I was buying everyone books and trying to get everyone to sort of get into this new ground. Oh, I'm bored. Found and uh, what was that? They were yeah, just they wanted you wanted them to come on board. Exactly, I wanted them to come. I wanted them to feel what I was feeling and and have this epiphany of like. You know what we can be happy in. Things are deeper than what we think they are, and obviously, you know, this work's got to come to you when you're ready for it. And uh, you know, no one really gave a crap of the books that I was giving them, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, thank you. I'm pretty happy with my life right now." And I've learned over time not to push people into, you know, change. They need to decide to change themselves. But it was the right time for me, and um, and through that, you know, I've been able to change my marriage, my family setting, the way that we talk to each other, the way we communicate, um, even coming here was a big move for us and something that, you know, we decided as a family to do. And it was, yeah, these big, bold moves that we've felt safer to do because we've dug into who we are on a deeper level and what we want out of life. What a great friend that called you. Yeah. Just kind of called bullshit probably and just yeah. went, hey, let's take a step back. Yeah. And like is this any of this actually going to make you happy and do you really know what that looks like? And it takes brave, beautiful friendships but that have a level of bravery and honesty and transparency that you can have those conversations. You can have someone that cares for you deeply that will make you uncomfortable but will support you through that uncomfortability. So yep. that, yeah, what, a, what an amazing point in your life. And so even just as you shared that, I can kind of see that that shift from, I guess, traditional media and what you were working in and and you've taken your skills and taken this point in your life from what I can see and created platforms and an opportunity for you to to take the steering wheel and to drive all of those skills and 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 platforms that you have in a direction that is important to you so tell me about conscious conversations and what is it how does it work um and and how do you share those stories with the world Oh, Conscious Conversations is a beautiful, beautiful part of my life and I'm so grateful for it every single day. I have found a community of people. Um, predominantly, they're all a lot of them are women and we're really 
focused on not having them all as women because we feel as though men need conscious conversations just as much as women do, if not more, because we're having them more regularly, I think, on general, generally speaking. But conscious conversations is ultimately a platform where we can come together and open ourselves up for deeper connection, deeper human connection. We can listen, we can share, we can be part of something that breaks below surface level. And I'm sure many of you listening today have been in rooms with 100 people and felt so alone and and like you just don't belong and can't find your voice, but then you're in a room with one or two people and you're like, okay, these people get me. I can speak freely. So it's about finding those people who can think together in the same way. Uh, we don't all need to be the exact same person, but it's this strength in finding a community that when you're thinking in such a, a growth manner to share that with other people. And we've built events around this. Uh, so there's three of us. We all came together one day. So it's my friend Tamzine, my other friend Ash and myself, and we all have a love affair with chai, chai lattes. <laughs> so we went and met for a soy chai latte and we started talking about potentially doing something together because we all had sort of very different skill sets but we all had the same passions. And mm. Over time, we developed our first event and we went live, I think it was Feb 2020, right? So we launched an events company in February 2020. So we had that incredible event. We had 100 people came along. We felt absolutely magical after it. We had deep connections. We had we had impact. We had a pink sky in the background that just sort of really cemented what was going on. And we walked out mm. of like, bank, this needs to happen all the time. We've got to create a business out of this. Um, that was amazing. So we set out to create a business plan and, of course, one month later, COVID mm. hit and we had to completely change our tactic and what we were planning to work towards. So we started creating virtual events and it was actually magical seeing how the community grew globally over that time because what we mm -hmm. planned for was a, a local offering and then maybe move into state when once we'd grown the Melbourne League because that's where we were all based. And over this virtual period of time where we were hosting all these events, we grew in state, internationally. We had people from Hawaii, Bermuda, the UK, Ireland, USA, all around Australia, and we're like, wow, this is there's something in this. And, and people connecting from all different time zones was pretty special. And it also opened us up to have global speakers. So we've yeah. what we do is really touch on topics that people might be afraid to touch on in normal settings. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about grief and shared stories from people who have experienced severe grief in their lives and how they've managed it. We've talked about diversity and inclusion and, again, had people on who have personal experiences and journeys with this. And it's the emotion in these events that comes out, the rawness. We don't, we don't get people on to talk about tips and techniques on how to overcome this and that. It's, it's them sharing their stories and, and us yeah. as listeners being able to resonate with what they're saying. And there's, there's so much power in storytelling and, and hearing people's journeys. So what our mission is, it's just like you said in the intro, it's to spark 5 million genuine and meaningful conversations over the next five years. So we're pretty set on our way to doing that. And uh, we've got a huge event coming up 
at the or mid March, so in a couple of weeks' time. And that's our first live event since we launched. So coming back bigger and better. And I'm hoping people are going to be feeling safe enough to I know Melbourne's had its struggles intensely mm. with lockdowns and I think this is going to be amazing for people of Melbourne who haven't been to a live event for a long time, especially in this way, to give back to themselves. Mm. We're doing breath work. We're doing interactive sound baths. It's almost like a an urban day retreat where you can just sit mm. in the world for the day and, and go inwards. Yeah, and connect exactly. because that's really what it's all about. And I think that was the thing that a lot of us struggled with the most, like, you know, virtual events are amazing um, and we are f- so fortunate that we live in a world um, or some, you know, live in countries that have access to the internet um, and the capacity to do the things that we have the capacity to do. And as you said, um, there are all these little silver linings in 2020 where you you could touch on um you could tap into international speakers. You could broaden your community, which therefore broaden the conversation and, and the opportunity to bring different stories to the mix that you may just not have even thought of if you'd done the route. I know the event route. You stay local. You build your hub. You trickle into interstate. You do the legwork. You fly interstate yourself. You set it up. You pack up the chairs. You do the work. Um, you eventually find your ambassadors interstate, and you you do that sort of stuff. It's it's a great way of doing it, but it's a hard slog. And so, yeah, there's all these beautiful silver linings of, of how that story's played out. And I'm sure there are many people that are very much looking forward to that human connection again. So, so I'm actually, I, I can't wait to hear this answer to this next question. Um, you have a podcast. Yeah. It's called Things You Can't Unhear. Now, I hear that title and I think to myself so many things. I think funny slash horrific slash awkward slash just all the stories of human life. But then knowing you and knowing your purpose and hearing it even in this discussion, there I know that there's going to be something deeper sitting behind what you do with the podcast. So tell me. What is the first thing that comes to mind that you have heard from a guest that you have not been able to unhear? That's a really, really great question. There's there's so many, but I just want to go back to the title first because the title, you know when you start something and you create a platform of your own or write a book or whatever, start a business, you sit there and you're trying to like nut out the name. Yeah, good name. you got to think of a name. This I just did not even spend one second on. So I remember it was oh, really? I, introduced, uh, I interviewed Therese Kerr, which is Miranda Kerr's mum, and she was mm-hmm. talking to me about her story from illness to wellness. And I sat there and <laughs> listened to her story and every word, like I've got full goosebumps now, every word that she said struck me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Her story was insane. And I said to the two guys that we were producing the video for, with, as we walked away, I said, I cannot unhear what she said to me. I cannot unhear it. My, my life has changed from this point. Mm. To adapt mm. different lifestyle changes to my well-being after I've heard what she said. And so immediately I, I said to myself, if I ever create a platform, I'm going to call it Things You Can't Unhear. And that sat in the, mm-hmm. in the back burner for a little while. Easy. Yeah, and then when I when I decided to launch a podcast, I was like, Things you can't unhear. That's exactly the title, and I didn't spend another minute on it. 
And I have I have one Swedish friend who said to me, I really don't like that name. And I said, why should <laughs> it's too long? And I said, oh, I just couldn't have called it anything else. I, I, I yeah, yeah. It, it, that was a gift. <laughs> I, I really still love the name, and doesn't matter. If I love the name. I think it's such a great name. And when because it can be taken in so many different ways. Um, but the reality is, sometimes, often, we hear things, and you just can't. It's like even the the you know, change the word here, but things you can't unsee and things you can't unfeel and yes. and the experience, you it changes you. And if you're really tuned in, you can take that moment and you can do something with it. Exactly, exactly. So when you asked me sort of who pops to mind or what, yeah, or what pops to mind? Uh, like I said, there's been so many inspiring people and messages, like stories of resilience and lessons learned and, and things like that. But there's there's Neil Donald Walsh. I can never go past Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, he's written Conversations with God, the series of books, and I've had him on the show mm-hmm. twice. And he's that's one of the people that has completely changed my life. But he said, "Stop making each other wrong." And I sat with that for a while because that's what we do in so many settings in life. He said, we are all one. Think of it as though we are all one. Stop blaming each other for everything. Stop making each other wrong for everything that each other do in your marriage, in your work, with your children, with your friendships, with the politicians who are trying to lead the way, with gut. It's endless. And so it makes life so simple when you think of that sentence, stop making each other wrong and just take ownership of how you're feeling for the reason that you're feeling it and don't put blame on one, on the other person for the way that you perceived a message or the way that you felt. Mm-hmm. So I found a lot of strength in that. I mean, there's so many more things. Liz Volpe, who you mentioned before, um, the founder of Project yeah. Z, she she changed the way, I, completely changed the way I saw business and, and creating impact. Um, my friend Francesca Pavone, she cured herself from a cancer diagnosis through changing her thoughts. Like there's endless amounts of stories that I've been grateful enough to hear on this show and it's taught mm. I, I always say I feel so selfish creating this show because I get so much enjoyment. <laughs> it's <out>. for you. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so much more to come and, you know, I don't even care if I make a dollar from all of this experience, mm. the time I put into it is making me feel so rich. Yeah. That quote, like I've just almost gone a bit speechless because I'm still processing it. Yeah. Stop making each other or other people wrong. I Like I'm still getting my head around that because it's, I can totally understand. Now I can't unhear that because now I'm going to be thinking about that for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. <laughs> I'm like trying to process what that looks like, how that impacts my my circle, how it, as you said, like the ripple effect of when we look out into the world and, and, um, and we see how others can impact us or we don't agree with them or whatever the case may be. But if we just bring it back, and just be okay with the fact that they don't have to be wrong. They just are what they are sort of thing. Yes, it's amazing. And as you said, uh, so many other incredible people that um, you've had as guests and, and 
have shared their wisdom that you can't unhear. Now, for anyone who is listening and is like, I need to get some of that, we will definitely have the podcast link in our show notes so you can add Maritza and things I can't, um, things you can't unhear to your podcast feed and subscribe and do all the things so you can get some of that in your ears as well. Um, and we will have all of Maritza's um, contact details and conscious conversations and whatever else in the show notes as well. So if you're hearing this and you're in the car or you've gone for a run or whatever and you can't write things down, show notes are where you find all the things. Go to the show notes. <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit before about, you know, that personal and professional um, development that you've done and you've, you know, you have, you've worked in that space so much. Um, what would you say is the best way for someone to look, you know, that's looking for more purpose in their life or they're looking to change some of those life experiences? Is there a learning that you can share with our listeners? Uh, Carolyn, I have asked so many people this question, especially along the way when I was trying to find out my own way to more meaning, and there were some really brilliant tips that I've, I can recommend. And, I mean, purpose of meaning is something that's so integral to our happiness, right? It's, you know, we all don't need to build empires or companies or talk on stage or write books or do anything like that. I mean, we just need a reason to wake up in the morning and, and do something and feel something that excites and in, inspires us. And my biggest frustration, biggest frustration with people is when they are bitterly unhappy but continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. It, it mm -hmm. really irks me. And when I, ch like there's been people in my life who have challenged gently uh, and it always comes back to, I, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, you know, I want to do that, but how can I? I've got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Right. So then something happens and, and forces them to to go in, in the direction anyway, but they have to go through the shitstorm before that happens. And I hate seeing that. I really hate seeing that. I feel I feel for people because you yeah. can sort of see the, you know, the red flags before they even start to happen with people. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, as I said, I've asked a lot of people that question and I think the biggest thing is to listen, <laughs> to be honest, to listen to yourself, to actually, I mean, there's so much noise that goes on in our lives and the, and the rushing around and the reacting to things, to work, to family, to anything else that's going on in your life. And we don't have that time to just sit there and reflect on what actually makes us happy or, you know, grab a pen and paper and just start writing and see what comes out or just sit and have a quiet cup of tea in silence or just meditate for half an hour or 20 minutes and just allow yourself time to for your brain, your thoughts to just catch up with how you actually want to feel. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is just slowing down and listening to myself a lot more and just being more aware of what actually lights me up and brings me joy. So that's my first mm -hmm. bit of advice that I would say in helping people find their purpose or find something in their life that makes them truly shine the other thing is and this is something that um megan della camina said in a podcast interview with me she said life will leave you little breadcrumbs along the way and she mm -hmm. said, you just need mm -hmm. to follow those little bread breadcrumbs they're, they're little clues that that life is giving us that pop along and go oh 
oh, I might pick that one up and see what happens. Or I might not pick that, you know. So I'm reading um, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, at the moment. Mm. And you can either call mm-hmm. them breadcrumbs or green lights. Like light give, gives you these these clues, these these doors to walk through. And you can either walk in or you can walk the other way and just continue to do the, the thing that you were doing the whole time. So for the people who say they have no time or they have no money or they have you know, whatever it is that is stopping them from going after what inspires them, just I would say start very small. Just do one thing, one small thing first and see how it feels and then do another thing and another thing and another thing and just start planting all these seeds until you find your way to a life of meaning and a life of purpose and a life of happiness because, yes, you can be in this corporate career that's paying you 300 k and you can't leave because you've, you know, signed up to all these mortgages and how are you going to pay bills? Mm. But what you can do is still plant the seeds to start something else along the way. So there is there going to be that bridging period where you have to, like, you know, Band-Aid up that transition. So I've even been watching my husband go through that. He had a 20-year, 20 20-plus-year 20 career in property and he, he just reached a point where he couldn't do it anymore. He had complete corporate burnout and and needed change and needed a different setting. And I've seen him try to transition into what's next and it's been bloody uncomfortable for him. It's been hard. It's been really, really difficult at times. But he's never felt more alive, not knowing what's coming next and and trying to create. And, you know, it's, it's exciting to think what can come out of, you know, pushing out of that, comfort zone that everyone talks about these days is that comfort zone yes it's a little tagline that is said very often these days but it's there's power in it and when you come out my god it's magic I even tell my kids this one of them's very sort of nervous to speak in front of people or you know just put it put herself out there and I always talk about just do that little thing and it will feel much better once you push through yeah small steps yeah I I really love that um and it reminded me of something that I decided very early in my life. I remember someone kind of, I don't even know if it was something we were talking about at school or where this conversation started. I remember hearing about the concept of fate and destiny, that you were destined to do And I hated that. I hated the thought that somehow the pathway in the life that I was living in and would continue to live had already been mapped out. It made me really uncomfortable that it, I was like, what? So if even if I do the opposite, that's the, what I was supposed to do. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. So I kind of have always gone with this theory that life gives you opportunities and choices and green lights and breadcrumbs and it is – and I have the power to choose. And so, yes, it is part of the destiny that that – point in time that green light will come up but in the will of me being a control freak going I don't want to not have choice so this is where I have choice this is where I have the power to choose and create and that's where opportunity and choice meet fate and destiny yeah because I didn't yeah and and I think That's really like even as you were describing that as a way of thinking about your purpose and looking out for the clues, 
I think that there's some real beauty in that because sometimes you won't get it right. You'll pick up the wrong breadcrumb. You'll go through the wrong green light. You'll go through the wrong door and you'll realize pretty quickly because you won't be comfortable. And it's not the uncomfortable of I'm uncomfortable because I'm a little bit scared, but I still really want it. It's the, it's that story you told before where your foot is in the creaky, weird doorway and there's some guy with a camera and you're like, no, I'm out of here because this isn't right for me. So yeah, there's definitely some beauty in that vulnerability of finding that purpose, but also knowing that you have choice. I think what life is about after a serious digging into this idea of why we're here and what the human experience is, is that we're here, I think we choose before we're even born into this world as Caroline or Marissa, is that we want to come in and learn something as a soul. Mm. So we come in and however we do it is up to us, but it's the lesson that we need to take out of this lifetime that we need to try and achieve or leave, leave this earth with. So I feel as though knowing that, just try and learn what I do now is try, even if it's a shit situation, if it's a bad situation, if it's a happy situation, whatever the situation is, you look at what it's trying to teach you and you learn from it, then you won't have to continually repeat it. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? We've all done that. You see those people, they're in the same relationship with 10 different people and it's not serving (laughs) them. Like why do you keep going out with the same type of, person same guy <laughs> you keep getting that job like you you move from one company to the next but it's the same job that you hated there and you hated it there but you think you're gonna like it there because it's yeah, a different building it's not gonna change so you gotta I think you've got to learn the lesson from what the experiences are and then life will let you move on yeah so true so you just talked about your husband and you've shared a little bit about your kids and along this discussion. How on earth did you end up in Fiji? <laughs> I remember, I remember watching and going, wait, I swear you were here yesterday. Why are you in quarantine in Fiji? I'm like, surely you're not on a holiday because we can't travel anywhere. And then I DM'd you and I was like, did you move to Fiji? And you're like, yes, we did. <laughs> I got a lot of DMs. We kept it nowhere. Well, I'm you know what? We didn't like, even tell our family. Yeah, it's true. It's true. We 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 did sort of. This is exactly what happened. So we were mid lockdown in Melbourne. We had gone through the first chunk, which was a few months of heavy lockdown, and we had just been released, and we. Both dropped, we said, let's go drop the kids off at school. We were so excited that they were actually going to school because we'd been working around the dining room table just like everyone else um, for months on end and it wasn't going down very well. We were all on edge. So we're like, okay, let's celebrate. We'll drop the kids off at school and we'll go and treat ourselves to a nice lunch and have a glass of wine and just celebrate our wins. So we were sitting there and we still can't figure out which of us brought it up. But one of us said, you know what? why don't we move to Fiji and Fiji I mean Fiji somewhere where we have come many times together as a family we've probably been here 12 times and I've got good friends who live here and we've you know stayed with them a few times and we've seen the lifestyle of living here not just the travel resort lifestyle but the outside of that yeah so we um we were like oh my god yep we cheers to it we we cheersed our wine glasses and we said let's try and make it happen 
So we got on the phone and we started Googling and we tried everything and it was probably a five to six month process of us. Like we still didn't know if we were going the day that we were going. We were at the airport and still didn't have the stamp to say we could go until five minutes before check-in. Like it was it was a massively wow. stressful period. We had leased a house out. We had leased a house here. Like there was everything was set in place but we didn't know if we had the green light to actually get on a plane because of what was going on in the world. Um, so highly stressful. We try not to tell our family too much in advance because we wanted to make sure it was actually going to happen before we upset them all. Yep. <laughs> and um, and we're really here to just like just step back for a minute. And I was talking to Charlie, my husband, last night and I said, my goodness, how much has our life changed since we've been here my kids said to me yesterday, Mum, you don't yell anymore. <laughs> you don't angry anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? I really don't. And I, I just I feel as though for me I've never moved anywhere before, so it was it's something that I've always wanted to do. And I've, I'm working remotely here. I'm literally, I've picked up my laptop. I've been able to run all of my businesses and everything that I do remotely and the joy and the pleasure that I get from being in this situation now and everyone just expects it, a meeting to be virtual anyway, I don't feel like I'm missing out on You're that. You're not missing out on anything. Oh, yeah. not. Yeah, it's a perfect time to be here. So I'm really happy with my decision. And, um, and you know, we've said 12 months we'd, we'd spend here. Um, it's been three so far. We're just starting right now to get that routine in place. Kids have made friends. We're starting to make some really good friends as well and, you know, build a life here that's so different to what we're used to and um you know I talk about this there's a podcast that I produce called business in color and they always talk about being a minority in different situations Mm -hmm. and I've never been a minority and I'm actually loving it I I feel as though I'm like the only blonde person (laughs) in a room at the moment and I'm meeting people from all different backgrounds and cultures and and it's just so like even it's it's I'm not just engaging with expats, I'm engaging with everyone here. Yeah. And, you know, friends who have grown up here and other people from Indian background, Fijian backgrounds, Mexican backgrounds. Like it's such a, a diverse group of people here. And mm. just I don't know, they've managed to manage this pandemic touch wood so well. Like there's been no cases for three hundred days and all of wow. the border quarantine cases are just managed so effectively so for a population of 900,000 people they've done a stand-up job of of managing this and, and making sure it doesn't take over because the health care system here I don't think would yeah, would really struggle yeah really yeah, yeah with um, any breakout but it's been yeah the, the last three months has been fascinating it's definitely been you know a, a change of life for me um, but I'm mm. feeling I'm feeling really centred and balanced and, and genuinely happy right now. Oh, that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a lovely feeling to, I guess, when you really tune into what someone's experience is. And, and it is like it. there are those beautiful moments where your kids will be like, you seem a lot happier or you just feel less, however <laughs> they say it to you. Um, but it, uh, what I've really loved about watching this journey that, as now I understand that I hadn't just missed a memo, like everyone missed the memo. So I'm glad I didn't miss a specific <laughs> memo about you moving. <laughs> but um, 
I've really enjoyed watching your journey as you've shared things on social media because I can see the community that you're creating and the friendships that you're making and even little things that I sh- you shared you you guys had built a veggie patch and then just how much it had grown in like this shorter period of time (laughs) it was incredible I was like I want that kind of produce in my backyard sort of thing but these kind of beautiful moments that you may not have even made time for if you'd stayed in Melbourne so congratulations thank you beautiful so with that with you know you've got this dual life in the sense that you definitely still have a very lovely um, community and footprint here in Australia and in Melbourne specifically. Um, what's on the horizon for you? You've got, um, so I, I apologies to the listeners who will listen to this and will be like, damn it, I missed that event. Yes, we are releasing this episode after the event that's happening in Melbourne. So apologies if you miss it. There'll always be another one. So get on board, sign yourself up for the next one. Um, but what else is on the horizon kind of post-March? Post-March, right. So we're continuing to roll out the events post-March for Conscious Conversations, both in a virtual setting. As I mentioned before, we've got a really great talk coming up in April. Um, I won't give the details yet because I haven't sent out all the booking confirmations. <laughs> That's hard right now. Just up with the database. But, yeah, Conscious Conversations is definitely continuing to grow and we're going to put a huge uh, focus on the impact that we're creating as well and who we are giving back to because that's always at the root of who we are. Um, the podcast is flying right now. Uh, I think, yeah, it's it's having its, it, my baby's growing is what I call it. It's, it's spreading oh. into quite a few different countries and, and the hard work is definitely starting to pay off. And I'm also working on a bit of a TV show concept, something that's been in the works for a couple of years now nearly and something that I had sort of sparked in Australia uh, and then, of course, everyone's got that story when and then COVID hit. So I'm trying to see if that's something that I can uh, really launch here as pilot, the pilot series. So, again, I can't give a lot of deeper details just yet. That's but okay. It, it can give us something to look out for, which is always super exciting. And like anything that I do is about sharing people's stories. And as you said, right at the beginning, I want to elevate people who are pushing humanity forward in some way. Mm-hmm. And so anything that I do, any content that I create is is always going to be having that as its root cause. Yeah. Amazing. Well, if you have heard any of that and gone, I really want some of that, as I said earlier, um, we will have all of Maritza's details in the show notes, but we will also be tagging her and um, the podcast and conscious conversations um, in our social media. So if you're a follower there, you'll be able to do the easy click and click and follow, and that's nice and easy for you. Now, my favourite question, who inspires you and why? Mm, That's a good question too. I could easily just um, reel off some authors and people that, you know, have written great texts. Yeah. And well, you've bought all those books and they've fed yeah. them to your family and but, friends. You know, yeah, I can easily do that. But it's it's not that's not what inspires me. It's people who actually stand up and have the courage to make a change if something isn't working. That's what really inspires me. People who genuinely want to make a good impact on other people's lives and leave them feeling better leave them like walk out of the room after you've been with them and, and they actually feel great about myself because I've been in 
their company. People like that. That's what inspires me. People who mm. wake up every day with a smile on their face, no matter what's going on in their lives, people with a positive mindset, that these types of people are who inspire me and that's that's who I try to surround myself with these days, positivity, light, joyous people because I strongly believe our thoughts create our destiny, our thoughts create our life and if we're thinking negative patterns and negative occurrences, guess what's going to happen? It's, it's mm. always going to way. So the power of positivity, the power of kindness always inspires me. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, and I'm sure that the list is endless of the people you have in your circle that you surround yourself with that have those traits, living those lives, sharing those moments with you and, and the other people in your circle. So that sounds pretty amazing. Well, thank you again being a guest on the podcast and joining us all the way from lovely, sunny, warm, air-conditioned room in Fiji um, for, as I said, for those of you. What was that, sorry? That was my chair squeaking, but I was going to say, we have had three cyclones since I've been here, so I'm hoping that that is a shine from now on and make the most of it um for those of you who as i said want to connect with maritza we will be um adding everything to our show notes so please check her out um and yeah uh, go out and do something really positive and beautiful um smile at a stranger because you'd be surprised at how much that changes someone's day especially if you're in melbourne if you are walking around and you're out and about and you don't have to have a mask on because that's nice. Just smile at someone because it's nice to be able to see people's faces and and be able to connect in that way. Um, thank you for joining us for another episode of She Inspires Me and we will chat to you again soon. Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.